1: welcome one welcome all points in the paint podcast presented by stadium everything nba basketball we're stadium's number one nba podcast ben wittenstein with you
2: zach badger house is always in the house
1: well over-modulated Zach Badger house, but you're always in the house. <laughs> we got the phone issues figured out. We're talking to Ava Wallace from the Washington Post as well in this episode. Yes. We figured we, – we were trying to get her on for the Washington Wizards preview when we did the previews over the summer. Um Timing and everything didn't work out, and we got her this week, so we were excited to have her on. Yes. I mean the Washington Wizards – if if we previewed the Teams act back in August, talking about the Wizards being one of the five teams that have double digit wins, <laughs> she would have been absolutely that's insane. That wouldn't have even been close to the hot take she probably would have had. But here we are. The Wizards close. are top team in the East.
2: <laughs> Not even close. And that's what makes it so funny, being because with the Wizards, we probably would have been talking like rebuild mode, play in maybe mm-hmm. At the most, that was about it. But that's not the nope. case. We got they, they sitting at the so, Timmy top.
1: All right. And we had, a, we had a fun conversation with Ava. So that's coming up in the episode. Give us a follow on Twitter, Points Paint, on the Twitter machine or on YouTube, Facebook, or uh, Instagram now, Points in the Pain, if you're on Instagram. Um I don't think we're throwing up any thirst traps, but we're throwing up uh, some some stuff from the show. So just as good, really, at this point for Points in the Pain podcast. So we're, we're everywhere. We're at every social media you can get. Um, we, have the, we have the voicemail line, 773-273-9088. We had a couple good voicemails this week, um, and we always play the voicemails to start the podcast. So if you want to have your voice heard, put it on the podcast. Call that voicemail, 773-273-9088. Zach, let's get to the voicemails.
0: Hello. Please leave a message after the tone.
1: Hey, man. Hot take of the week. I think Zach needs to uh to forego his job as an analyst. I think the Golden State Warriors are who we thought they were. Uh You wanted Steph Curry to show up. He did that. 40-point game against the Bulls. Wanted to play better
2: competition. They did that, and they won by double digits. 20, if I think I'm correct. Yeah adding Clay Thompson back to that. More firepower. he Curry's really good with his rotations. I, I think we're
1: looking at a Steph Curry MVP reign or run. And, uh, and he's definitely Golden State not being in a play-in game. Let me know what you think,
2: though. Yo, yo! Go Pellies! I just want
1: to say I'm a fan of the Pelicans. Also. I was watching that bowl game. I lift you up, man, you big guy. You look just like Lonzo Ball. Are y'all related? Good day. Alright. So we had a couple interesting voicemails. <laughs> do <laughs> I really look like do I look like Lonzo Ball? Do I look that much like Lonzo Ball? I need oh, I need no, the truth
2: here. Oh, but I think I told you. I think I sent you that picture of my, my, my friend to say you look like the dude from Shrek. <laughs> I, I don't remember his name. I'm talking about it, but the dude from oh, Shrek. Like, and then he put the picture side by side. I'm gonna have to show oh, you after no. the podcast. But you do look like him, and that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I I just hope it wasn't Shrek or Donkey. No, it wasn't Shrek or the Donkey. <laughs> it
2: wasn't <laughs> either one of them. It was the it's the one dude with the hat. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> oh, okay. I just,
1: I have close friends who think I look like Lonzo Ball. I don't see it. I think I'm a more attractive version of Lonzo Ball. I'd like to think I'm more attractive. But now if I look like someone from Shrek, I don't know anyone in the Shrek movie that is supposed to look good other than, like, uh, other than Shrek 2 with the prince, Prince Charming. I hope I look like Prince Charming, but I don't think that's the guy I was being compared to.
2: <laughs> I don't think so either.
1: <laughs> oh. uh, we also had Zach, someone calling you out
2: saying you need to forego your job as an NBA analyst he's all in yeah, on Sam he Curry was, yeah he was a little he was talking trash if you will but I, mean, I just find yeah. it so interesting like you know, when you have Steph Curry on your fantasy team, your fantasy basketball team, then, you know, you can have a little more say so, especially when he's playing exceptionally well. And that's the case for Steph, and that's the case for the Warriors. The Warriors did lose last week to Charlotte. I did, I did like to see that, especially from a Charlotte team that had like a five game losing streak, and so they kinda needed that win. And yeah, Steph, Steph didn't perform well either. You know what? I'ma just go ahead and say that too. He did not perform oh, well against the Charlotte Hornets. I needed five threes. He only had four. So he did not play well. I think I needed him to score 30. I think he only had maybe like 26 or 24. So oh, everybody man. out here, listen. And this ain't the first time Steph has done this to me either. This is like third time already this season. If it wasn't him, it's Draymond Green. But we ain't got to get into Draymond Green in and the points or lack thereof. Focus <laughs> on Steph. And whenever I decide to bet on Steph, he doesn't play well, but any other time, that may not be the case. And then another thing being, I'm taking that game that game on uh, Tuesday night too for uh, Brooklyn and Golden State, and we're going to see – if Mr. Steph Curry can bounce back from that terrible performance against the Charlotte Hornets, I said it and I'm standing don't, I'm standing 10 toes on it.
1: <laughs> That's good. Well, listen, we were, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. We're releasing it on Wednesday, which again, Wednesday, I think is going to be the new day for the points in the paint podcast. Some midweek basketball talk from us, but Golden State does play Brooklyn tonight. So we'll see, Zach, maybe, maybe that uh, caller is going to look foolish tomorrow. Steph's going to have a bad game. He's going to look. Ad, you're going to look good. We'll have to see. But I'm all in, Zach. You know what I'm all in for? I'm all in for people calling voicemail line and just talking trash to us. Because that just makes it even more fun. Yeah, if you have an opinion we don't like, if you see us on Twitter and you think we look like some stupid animal from Shrek, <laughs> let us know. We'd love to hear it. Seven seven three two seven three nine zero eight eight.
2: That's really the whole point. You know, we drop the videos, everything, just to you guys hear from us. And then if you don't like what we had to say about maybe your favorite team or favorite player, this, that, and the third, favorite coach, whatever the case may be, you are supposed to respond back to us via voicemail at 773-273-9088. You keep us engaged and, you know, we have more takes to present.
1: Absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. One big thing, Zach, one big thing of the week.
2: Just one thing. One thing. Mm.
1: Something that we saw that we really liked this week. Um, I I am going to go with health and safety protocols because that has seemingly taken a little bit of an increase in the past couple weeks with the health and safety protocols. We are seeing a lot more players, a lot more big-name players go on the health and safety protocol list Now, I don't think this is a huge issue because seemingly most of the league is vaccinated. um, And it seems like at least 99, maybe even 100 percent of the players who are catching COVID or on the health and safety protocol list are asymptomatic. So that's all a good thing. They're not having any health issues. They're all vaccinated. So most likely they're all protected, but they still can catch COVID with the vaccine, which means they're going to have to sit out a couple games. And we're seeing this right now with Joel Embiid, who's been out For four games with the uh, 76ers, they went 0-4 in that stretch. And they they did not look good without Joel Embiid. So my one big thing, Zach, is I think this health and safety protocol issue, COVID and players catching it, having to be out like 10 games, 10 days, it's going to be an issue all season long. And it's going to affect teams once we start getting into the later months of the season
2: maybe you know maybe it just depends on the player how covid affects them and that sort of thing i think the reason why you know for Embiid, they said it like it's really affecting him you know like he's really like feeling the effects of covid so like for for mb it's uh, it's case by case i believe i remember jalen brown last year he said that yeah. you know it kind of affected him you know more more so he felt like he said playing one he game felt like playing like three games, you know, when they didn't have a yeah. vaccine. So, you know, it's case by case with the player. I hope, you know, Chris Middleton, obviously another player that's out. And, you know, the Bucks are kind of suffering from that. Uh The Cavs have done a decent job. Obviously, the Colin Sexton we talked about last week, and now Evan Mobley with the sprained elbow out two to four weeks. And so, yeah, different teams, different aspects, you know, in terms of, like, health and how it affects them with COVID is determined, like, the, the true, like, effects, again, on, I guess, health and safety protocols.
1: Yeah, and then you have Vucevic with the Chicago Bulls, who's been out yep. um, for the past couple of games, and he's going to be out for a little while longer. So it's it's these bigger-name players, and what we saw, too, is the Bulls played the 76ers a couple of weeks ago, and then we saw Embiid got hit with COVID, uh, Marcus Stibel had an issue, and then a week later, Vucevic. Vucevic, who was going in the post with Joel Embiid the week before, yeah. gets COVID, so... You really hope that with the vaccine, the, the spread is mitigated and, and it doesn't spread to too many people. But we're going to see that throughout the year where these players, uh, someone catches something, and they spread it to someone else on, on an opposing team. And, you know, hopefully the health and, and safety of the players is OK and, and they feel fine. But it's going to be an issue going forward. That That's what I took away from this past week is we're just you never know when it's going to hit. But we're going to see these teams. They may be going on a run five, six game winning streak. We saw the 76ers playing well and then. Boom, their star goes down. They have to be gone for 10 days with COVID, maybe more if if they continue to test positive for it. And that's going to start affecting teams. So it, obviously no team is safe. And, and this is going to be an issue for the next five, six, seven months as the season goes on.
2: And we hope that it doesn't get too drastic. You know, and we don't miss too many, you know, star players or any players, you know, for the long for super long periods or that it just doesn't affect them health wise to the point where, you know, it's damaging their career. You know, we hope that, you know, we can get over this hump in terms of like the vaccine and you know, everyone being vaccinated. Obviously in the NBA is pretty close and so we just hope that uh the fans in the arena are fully vaccinated. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wearing masks and everything. Uh, what is your one big thing for
2: Zach? My one big thing, Ben, this week, oh my goodness. You know, I had that phone trouble, but oh, damn yeah. that. That don't <laughs> even compare to the, that doesn't even compare to what, how frustrated it was watching basketball last week with the lack of effort from some of the players, some of the coaches. Like, I'll give you an example, Ben. I feel like you might have bet. Did you bet the different nugget game in their last game against Dallas Mavericks? I feel like you did.
1: I came close. I was I was feeling good about maybe betting the Nuggets, and then I ended up losing. But I did okay. not bet that game. I came close though. You know how much so, I love betting the Nuggets.
2: Exactly. So that, and that's why I asked you that because I took it upon myself to do so, and I took them straight up money line. I think it was like plus one seventy six something like that. Now, they were winning this game. then. first half. Pretty good, you know. They were pretty doing pretty well in the first half of different Nuggets. Nikola Jokic was playing good. Bobo got in the game, and you know it's fun if Bobo gets in the game, Bobo. right? So he he was even get he got in the game and he did well. Second half comes, right? If you're if you're Coach Malone, why do you have? Your bench player is in the game for so long when the opposing team is starting to go on a run. He kept them in the game for probably three to four minutes too long, man, and it just gave the opposing team. Dallas Mavericks, so much more momentum going into the fourth quarter. It, nobody could guard Christoph Porzingis in the, in the Nuggets rotation coming off no. the bench. Nobody. And so that gave them the momentum to come back. And then in this fourth quarter, Luca played well. It, you know, he sprung his ankle a little bit, so he may be out be day-to-day. But they were able to take away that game because of poor coaching from Mike Malone. The Memphis Grizzlies, they won handily. But I don't like the fact that a power forward can't go out and get at least eight rebounds in a game, ten rebounds in a game. Jaron Jackson, you gotta play better. Car Anthony Towns, he lost the game, and I knew they were gonna lose. I was so mad because I bet it on the game too. I'm basically <laughs> going on a rant on all the games I bet it all, and how <laughs> the poor performance that they were that they had, like Car Anthony Towns against the Clippers, he did not look engaged from warmups. From the jump, I mean, before tip off, like he didn't even look like he was ready. being so this week I'm gonna need more effort from everybody. And you know what? I, you know, who agree with me? Tom Thibodeau. Wanna know why? Because he said his he said all his starters fourth quarter last week against one of them teams they played last week. So I know yeah. he could agree with me that you know so sometimes you just gotta get out there and play harder and play better.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if it's. Early season basketball where the players are, you know, they're like, it's an 82-game season. we got to really not push ourselves super hard in the middle of November so we can actually push ourselves in March. Or it's just players being apathetic. Okay. I, I don't know what the real issue is. And I think, you know, you're talking about this um players resting, right, and, and making sure that they – are good for the longevity of the season and are ready for the playoffs. And you have load management, which has become more popular. So maybe these every player in the NBA now is taking it upon themselves to at least try to load manage a little bit to begin the season.
2: And that's what's like. Which is I don't know if you're betting them. Yes. Bad
1: games. It absolutely <laughs> makes for bad games. I don't know if it's like a good thing. I don't I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but I, it maybe that is the reason behind you're seeing just these players give up in games or, or not put a hundred percent.
2: But it's so crazy because like, okay, like Toronto Raptors, right? They need to give Scotty Barnes the ball more. Like, I know you're trying to probably work Pascal Siaka, men coming off injury, but in the meantime, in between time being, they need to give my, my young dog, Scotty Barnes the rock and let him go to work. Cause sometimes OG may be shooting too much. Sometimes Red Fan Fleet is shooting at the wrong time. Now he showed up in that fourth quarter of their last game to get them over the hump. I think they end up still maybe losing though. But he got him yeah. close within the game. You know. But Scotty Barnes, I know he's a rookie, but he needs more touches. <laughs> so Nick Nurse needs to work on that. Yeah, he definitely needs to work on that. Let's do dunk or
1: deny, which is our oh, version man. of buy or sell. Uh oh, what you dunking on? <laughs> Let's, you know, I, I'm dunking on someone from the Bulls. I am buying this guy, but because we were just talking about the Timberwolves, I'm going to start with a deny. I'm denying okay. the Minnesota Timberwolves, Zach. They are two and eight <laughs> in their last 10 games. They have stunk up the joint in Minnesota, and they started the season three and one. You know, they started the season three and one. I think I was even riding high on them in the first week You were. I was saying even the Timberwolves, I think this is a different year for the Timberwolves. They got Anthony Edwards is another year after having a good rookie season. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns looks good. And then what did you say? You said,
2: Whoa, pump the brakes. I did. But it was only really sad that was because you know, like I said, like you know how they do. They start off the season, they go, you know, they play pretty well, pretty decent, then out of nowhere. Five game, six, seven game, eight, twelve game losing streak just happens out of nowhere. I think they're currently on a losing streak right now.
1: Yeah, like I said, <laughs> two of two and eight in their last ten. We've, we're having issues where the Carl Anthony Towns is just walking back on defense when he still his team is still I on offense, which is something you, you were talking about. It's horrible, man. It, it, you're just like seeing this team who looked so good from the start just completely collapsing. They're not great offensively. Defensively, they're middle of the road. They're just they're not in a good space right now. I, I don't know how to fix the Timberwolves. I don't know if getting rid of Carl Anthony Towns for just draft picks or, or something is the answer, but it's not working in
2: Minnesota. It's not. I like Cat. Cat is frustrating. Carl Anthony Towns is definitely Very a frustrating. Very frustrating. Because he played, I think when he played against Phoenix, it was his birthday, and he played pretty well on his birthday. But two that days ago, sure. leading into your birthday, what's up? And then this is what I don't like, too, ben. Ex except for the Bulls. So the Bulls are the only team so far I've seen do this that I can recall right now in the recording of the podcast. And that's take care of both L.A. teams. When you that's go true. on the road and take care of both L.A. teams, like – why can't everybody not not everybody, but why can't most teams do that? You beat one team and don't beat the other one or you lose to both. But when you beat one LA team, what do you do? Go out to LA, hit the streets, and you celebrate, come back and you yeah. just not motivated to play the other team? I'd be no confused. Parts. Help me understand. <laughs> Exactly,
1: the, the LA nightlife undefeated in the NBA. Undefeated.
2: Hey, it has to be because they can't beat both. Like teams can't beat both of those like franchises, the Lakers and the Clippers. Like they lose to one or the other. It just I don't well, you know I don't who just
1: did. It. You know who just did <laughs> since the first time since 2011. You don't know who just did the very Uh-oh. own Chicago Bulls since 2000. <laughs> first time in a decade, the Bulls came into the Staples Center. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers back to back. I guess they don't go out, or they're really good at playing with a hangover. I don't know what the what the deal is, but the Bulls, we talked about how back they are, and one of the players, Zach, I am dunking on. I'm denying the Timberwolves. I am dunking on DeMar DeRozan. Mm. I am buying everything that man is selling. He's third in the league yeah. in scoring. He's eighth in the league in efficiency, in performance efficiency rating, PER. And I'm asking the question, Zach. It's November 16th. Is it too early to start talking about DeMar DeRozan for MVP of the National Basketball Association? The man is playing great, (laughs) best performances of his career. He's loving Chicago. He fits in perfectly. He's doing well.
2: And you you had questions of whether or not DeMar DeRozan was going to fit, if he was going to work or not. And here we are. He's working. I got a question for you, though, since you're buying everything DeMar DeRozan is selling. Oh, you, oh. Love you love that midi. You love that midi. You love that mid range. I'm, I'm all you in. All in, I'm all out of
1: in. <laughs> ah, it's good now. The mid range is a good shot. Yeah,
2: great shot. Because that's what he <laughs> does, it does at a high level. And it's so yeah. funny watching. Bulls fans on Twitter just compliment how much they appreciate DeMar DeRozan and that mid-range game. i seen our old our old co-worker Michael Bowling he just said man we're watching that DeMar DeRozan mid-range game is a work of art. I said yes absolutely and I know Ben will attest to that during the next podcast because I know he got a newfound appreciation for DeMar DeRozan and that mid-range because he's been killing it man that, these role games that they went out there for that road trip, but he's been playing very well. And I knew he played well in L.A. coming back home.
1: Yeah, mid-range, 53% for DeMar DeRozan. He's shooting 53%. He's getting more than half of his shots shooting mid-range shots. So, I, listen, I, I'm all in on him. He's a, he's a big reason why the Bulls have 10 wins this season. He's playing great, as I said, third in the league in scoring. The man is a menace. He's just been so fun to watch, almost 27 points a game this season. So he's hitting three point shots. He's shooting a 37% from three. 37! DeMar DeRozan! A 37% <laughs> three, three point per shooter. So I'm a, he's just done a phenomenal job. And what the Bulls have done is they built a team around him that hides his weaknesses, allows him not to be the main scorer sometimes for the team offensively, which pretty much everywhere he has played, he has been the main scorer, especially in the last few years of his career playing by himself in San Antonio. He has, you know, was the main scorer. He got the best defender every single night. This season, best defender is probably going to be on Zach. Best big defender is going to be on Vucevic, so he has a lot more room to maneuver. It's been great. It's been awesome watching DeMar DeRozan and his career resurgence at the ripe old age, Zach, of uh, 32. So I'm dunking on him. I'm not saying he's the MVP, but I'm not not saying he's the MVP. I'm not not
2: saying it, though, either. (laughs) As you should. All right, what are
1: you dunking?
2: I'm going out west. You know, you talk about this team in the Midwest. I'm going out west. That's Phoenix Suns down there in the valley, man. You know, that's the team that was in the NBA finals a season ago. They played exceptionally well. They haven't played my, they haven't paid my man's yet, DeAndre Aiden, but they're going to get on that. I feel like they'll do, I feel like they'll do that before the season's over. It's, it's, you know, cause he's been playing well since he's returned from injury. Chris Paul looking like him, young self, Devin, Pug- Devin Booker. Now we know. In the beginning of the season, Ben, we said that Devin was struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you know the new new NBA official rules, you know with the yeah. foul calls and everything. He's one of those players that was struggling. He's got it together a little bit now, Ben. You know he's shooting He's shooting it a little better, he's shooting efficiently, and he's closing out games, shooting the fadeaway, turn around, looking like Kobe Bean Bryant himself, giving us flashes yeah. of you know what that used to look like. So I'm proud of Devin Booker and how he's been able to kind of turn it around a little bit, do a little 180 this season, and kind of get this team back, you know, in winning ways.
1: Nine in a row. Sons have won nine in a row. They're mm-hmm. nine and one in their last ten. I mean, this yeah. is you talk about comebacks. And and the, the two teams that people were interested in to start the season, right, were the Bucks and the Suns. Obviously, yes. teams in the finals. How are they going to come back to start the season? Shorter yes. off season than usual. What are they going to do? Bucks still kind of treading water. Six and eight. Talk about Chris Middleton, of course, being out. They've had some injury issues, so that's that's acceptable. But the Suns, man, ten and three, and and, and they were one of those teams where you're like, oh, they're going to tread water to start the year. They're not going to look great. They're they're going to be tired from last season, but they picked it up. Nine wins in a row, man, ten and three, like that is that's impressive. And, and Booker has been a big reason why.
2: Booker has definitely been a reason why. Now you just alluded to the Milwaukee Bucks, I did. and that's very interesting about them because Ben, that's a team that I'm denying. <laughs> interesting <laughs> well, I'm selling them straight the, up yeah that's the team I'm denying the idea that they'll remain a bad team Interesting. and you just made a lot of points being about how the Phoenix Suns could have been bad to start the season with the lack of rest and the quick turnaround to the NBA season but if you look over there you know in Milwaukee they had two players go to Team USA for the Olympics Devin Booker did too as well, so I won't knock him for that. So he was also a part of that equation. But I think Drew, he struggled a little bit early to start the season. I think he's kind of gradually coming along. I think Chris, I think he'll bounce back once he returns. Brooke Lopez is another player there they've been missing. But you know the player I think they kind of missed the most? I think they're gonna to have to do something. PJ Tucker. Is that? I think P. they P. miss J. him Tucker. defense. I think they miss him defensively from last season. I think it's kind of showing a little bit. Giannis doing his thing. You know, I, I watch my man's Giannis. He go out there and shoot the midi, shooting the mid-range confidence yeah. on the baseline and turn it around. You pick a shoulder. Ooh, it looks so good. And then he got the three point shot too big and that's looking pretty good so far as this season comes along. So listen, my man's confident in shooting the shots, free throws, free throw percentage looks pretty good. So he's playing well. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, but other guys got to step up, Grayson got to be more consistent Bobby got to be more consistent, Bobby Portis and I think once they get all yep. the guys back they won't be as bad as they are now will they be a top number one seed unless they go on like a 15 game winning streak or anything like that, they'll probably yeah. really, probably remain like top four
1: yeah, I would agree and I think once they get everyone healthy, once they get everyone fully rested, I think they're going to make a push uh, later on in the season let's look to the future though yeah. as we do every single week what we want to see this week happen in the nba and i I don't know if it's a specifically one thing though but we do have 10 teams right now in the league that are into double digit wins the phoenix suns and the golden state warriors both in the western Mm -hmm. conference and then we have three in the eastern conference with the brooklyn nets with 10 bulls with 10 and the wizards with 10 the wizards bulls and nets Suns and Warriors, all five teams that have double-digit wins. They're the first five teams into double-digit wins this season. So what I want to see this week and really extend into the next couple weeks, it's which ones can continue that success. Which of these five teams do we believe in the most? Do we believe? You know, this is more of a question for you. Do you believe in all five? Wizards, Bulls, Nets, Warriors, and the Suns? Do you think one or a couple of those teams are going to fizzle out? I, I... tend to believe in the Nets. I really believe in all five, to be quite honest. Um, the Suns, as you said, have been winning nine in a row. They look good. Warriors look good. I can't not believe in the Bulls.
2: The Wizards, <laughs> the
1: Wizards seemingly are the weakest team of that five. And as we talk to Ava Wallace, we'll get to that interview, of course, by the end of the episode. It seems like they're still believing in themselves. They got stuff to work on. But they're going to get Thomas Bryant and Rory Hachimura back later on in the season. So seemingly I think all five I believe in the most. I don't think I disbelieve
2: in one of those teams. The fact that the Washington Wizards got off to this hot start will be the reason why they'll be able to maybe not stay at the top of the East, but I think they've with the hot start, they've already gotten off to. Unless something dramatic or drastic happens on that team in terms of like roster, like, you know, Lord forbid knock on wood with like injuries or anything like that, that team has already secured a playoff spot. I don't really see the Washington Wizards being in a play-in scenario at this point now with winning, you know, 10 games out of 13 to start the season. You would have to really go out there and just lose eight in a row, like out of nowhere at this point for them to like lose an opportunity to be out of the playoff. I mean, to be in the playoffs. So I think the Wizards are fine. The Bulls, are, look, time and time again, top four, top five in the East. That's since day one, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, the Warriors, listen, will they remain the number one seed in the West? I don't think so. I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to tell folks, people are so riding high, so how is this Warriors team. And then you hear the talking heads on TV, B, and I'd be so frustrated. Like, they got <laughs> the easiest schedule to start the season. Like, come on, y'all. They didn't play the Thunder twice. They only left, like, they finally left <laughs> the state of California. <laughs> they finally <laughs> left. To go play Charlotte. Like, come on, y'all. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think they'll probably lose to Brooklyn when they play Brooklyn. Um, And we'll just kind of see what happens. I think, you know, more teams will adjust to what they're they're doing, what they have going on. Obviously, you still won't be able to stop the staff. But you can contain Wiggins and, you know, that supporting cast, that bench mob, because Warriors got a bench mob for sure.
1: They do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) So that, listen, I I just think when you look at the teams like that, it's hard to say which ones are going to be bad. But we we can check back in because we've got one, two, three, four more teams on the cusp of double-digit wins with the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and the Heat, and Cavaliers, (laughs) who are another surprise with the Cavaliers, but they have a ton of injuries right now and people out with COVID. So they're probably not going to live up to the standards that they set for the first 15 games of the season because of the injuries that they've had so far, but... I think they're still gonna be a good team to, to deal with. Now, what is something you wanna see this week, Zach?
2: You know what? I want to, I was gonna bring up the Lakers. But the Lakers got me okay. so frustrated being and we'll talk about them last week, about how they need yeah. to get their ish together. But you know what? I'm gonna leave them alone. I'm gonna go over there in the Northwest and we're gonna we're gonna cue the music. You know, get the get the get the violin. I think it's time, Ben. You no, know, I wasn't with you last music. week. I wasn't with you last week with Damian Lillard. I'm with you this week. You know what I'm saying? I think it's time. And this ain't even got nothing to do with like, they don't, they can't play. Like this doesn't have anything to do with that being, it's just the idea that it's written on the wall now. Like, cause it didn't got to, it didn't got from on the court to off the court in the front office. Now, for those who haven't heard the Portland Trailblazer news, I just suggest to Google Portland Trailblazer news and you'll hear about all the, um, the front office news and, uh, you know, all the things going on up there. That's going to put, that could definitely, you know, push a player out the door. Now we know how loyal Damian Lillard is, but if they continue to struggle the way that they've been struggling, heading into December, January, I think they got to make a decision. I think the Trailblazers got to make a decision. I think Lillard has to make that decision. And that's the thing. Damian Lillard has to know his fan base won't be upset with him. Like, they kind of damn near want you to be gone. (laughs) Like, they kind of want you out the door. You know, they want you to have, you know, a better, you know, a better, be in a better position to win games, you know, get to a championship. So, I think the writing's on the wall for the Blazers.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. It's... That's a mess. It's it's an interesting organization. I I don't even I need to read more about what's happening there, but it's uh Oh, you haven't heard? It's always uh, no, I've I've been reading. I just I don't want to like say anything that would be a, a misstep <laughs> in what's oh, happening yeah, yeah, there. So, yeah. I, I just I believe Dame still has the ability to lead this team. I, I don't know if the roster around him is built perfectly. But as long as, like, Nurkic can stay healthy and their guys can, can stay healthy, because that's been a big issue for them, too, I think they're okay. I don't know. Betting-wise, not great.
2: Future-wise. Well, no, hold on, hold on. I'll take that back, Ben. I, I, I don't know. I'm off. i off the plate. Let me tell you. I can read it well, off, well, too. Oh, that's Very good, then. Hold on. So they, they, I had a same game, and it went pretty well. You know, about eight or nine picks. CJ to get, CJ to only get 15 and he showed up and showed out, man. And uh, then David Litter to only get like 20, you know, he secured the bag. Couple other picks, six rebounds from Scotty, you know, little stuff like that in there. Got my boy Pascal or something. Scotty to get 10 points too. Oh, OG to get 11 and a half. Yeah, they took care of business on the same game, tip. In the game, I was happy that the game hit the over, too, because the game was projected, at like, around, like, maybe 215 somewhere, 217 somewhere up in there, and it went over, so that was cool.
1: Um, So let's go to, what, stat of the week, Zach? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs>
2: What's our stat yeah. of the week? Stat of the week is... Dose two, two, because the Indiana Pacers were held to only two field goals in the fourth quarter versus the New York Knicks as New York Knicks handled that game and took care of business against the Indiana Pacers. Now, I bring that up to say this, that I believe was a message from that game I was referring to last week with the New York Knicks where Tom Thibodeau sat his starters the whole fourth quarter. You know being we need more coaches like that. You know, you know we really we really do. We really need more coaches like that. And I don't know how the Pacers respond to only having two field goals. I'm not sure what Rick Carlisle is going to do or going to say but I'm pretty confident that they'll be more motivated heading into the next game because Rick Carlisle is one of those type of coaches. You know who's not one of those type of coaches, Being Frank who's Vogel. That? Frank Vogel. He just <laughs> looked like he's scared to tell anybody to do anything. And for me personally, being I'll be cussing Russell Westbrook out. Bro, <laughs> stop shooting the ball. Like, stop. I'll be grabbing him by his jersey. Bro, stop shooting. Like, if you watched the game against the Bulls, like, did you watch the entire, the entirety of the game? All three, all four quarters. Oh yeah. It was. Not two. What was Not your bad. takeaway? I know you're rooting for, I know you're rooting for the Bulls, but when you watch yeah. Russell just constantly shoot and take these bad shots, <laughs> <laughs> like, he just take a bad three point shot. So he was like one for six or like oh for six at, at a, like at a point in the game. He's just like, bro, shoot the mid range shot. There's a guy across from you named DeMar DeRozan, and he killing y'all with this mid-range right now. You need to take a page out of his book. I'm honestly, I'm just seeing a player who
1: he's been on the bad side of 30 for three years, right? He's 33. I'm just starting to see a guy who's finally showing that he is on the bad side of 30. Like he just is not the old Russell Westbrook that we're used to. I think he's trying too hard to show that He's still Russell Westbrook. He still can outperform guys. He could still outrun him. He could still take guys to the basket, and he's just not. He he simply is not that guy anymore. And I think this is really the first year that we're seeing that in its entirety. There were years past where he would have games where he'd look out of control, but it was you know games here or there, and you wouldn't think much of it because the next game he'd come out, he'd play really well. But now I think this is just this is Russell Westbrook. This is who he is at this point. 33 years old he just turned 33 I think this is this is just the rust that exists now
2: five games being they got five more before GM Brian Brown come into play <laughs> yeah maybe it changes when when
1: maybe lebron's like you're gone you're done you're out of here or maybe when <laughs> lebron comes back and he looks good and the team is able to to figure out how to play with him back maybe rust goes back to being a good player but i, I don't i don't see that happening I don't, sadly. It may, may be the end of Russell Westbrook. Um, We have Ava Wallace, and before we get to her, Zach, you have a game of the week, betting-wise. Yeah. What's your game of the week, betting-wise? What, 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 what are you looking at?
2: What am I looking at for game of the week? Ooh-wee, it's real spicy this week
1: because right. there
2: are some very good games. And even to start the week, I know, I know we, I know we do this in the middle of the week, But even to start the week, there were some pretty solid games, I must say. But if I got to pick a game for this week, Los Angeles Lakers, they go on the road. They play the Milwaukee Bucks. And if LeBron ain't returning, I'm taking Giannis over the Milwaukee Bucks. These are two teams with star-level talent, and they've been struggling a lot this year. But I'm gonna go with the hardest working man in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, over the Lakers this week. Money line straight up. You could do some same game if you will, but I oh like the Milwaukee Bucks straight up <laughs> against the Los Angeles Lakers. What? Well, you don't? You don't be doing the same game? You, you don't no. do the same game? So, I well, enjoy hold. keeping so, money. So you didn't do the same game with the with the Bulls and the Lakers. Mm-mm. No, I I,
1: I've done maybe like two same game parlays in my life, and one really? hit and one did.
2: Oh, you missed it now, man. You know you it can look. All you gotta, all you gotta do is put two games. I'm mean, like two made threes for two made threes for Zach, six assists for Lonzo, twenty <laughs> plus. Points. I'm telling you, twenty points for DeRozan, eight rebounds for Vucevic when he come back. You look. It'll all. It'll all add. Look, it'll all work in your favor. You just gotta pick the right stuff. Interesting.
1: I, I, when Buchevidch comes back, I will do a Chicago Bulls same game parlay and Thank see you. if that hits. Thank you. Because you convinced me, and we'll see where that goes. Because <laughs> if I start winning those, that's all I'm going to do from that on. It's just Chicago Bulls same game parlays? Because <laughs> they can't lose. Uh, let's go to our interview. Washington Post, Washington Wizards reporter Ava Wallace talked to us about everything about the washington wizards
2: let's welcome a special guest on the points in the paint podcast she is covering everything washington wizards down there in the dmv area the dc chocolate city if you will (laughs) we want to welcome none other than ava wallace from the washington post reporter for the washington post how are you doing this afternoon
0: I'm good. How are you guys? Winning is good. So, you know, when, when the team makes it easy (laughs) on you, everything's okay.
2: Yeah. And we're feeling that vibe, right? Ben, we're feeling that vibe. Oh, yeah. We're, this is a
1: pro Washington Wizards podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Now the turnaround has begun. Oh, yeah. We're, we're shame, shameless bandwagon fans at this point. I love it. I'm
0: all for it.
2: So what's the vibe like? in Washington, D.C. right now with the Wizards playing the way that they are playing. What's the vibe like in D.C.?
0: The vibe is really good. So so one thing about D.C. is it is always like I think like a lot of NBA cities, honestly, it's always going to be a football town. So football always comes first. The Wizards have kind of always been like the, the neglected stepchild or whatever. Um, but, I mean, just I've been to I'm from here. I've, I've seen a lot of Monday night Wizards games in my life, and I haven't seen a crowd at Capital One Arena on a monday in a long time like the one i saw last night when they had a comeback win over the pelicans uh people are definitely excited about this team again it absolutely helps that Wes unsell jr does have those ties to the franchise you know he didn't get the job because of his dad but it certainly isn't hurting him with a fan base that has kind of been loyal to (laughs) decades, decades, decades. so that's the vibe in the city people are definitely interested like the characters these guys have personality too it helps um In the locker room, people are excited, but I would say really honestly not getting ahead of themselves. Every time we ask, you know, Montrezl Harrell or Denny Avdia, anybody what this really hot start means, everybody's really cautious to say it's only 13 games. We have so much of the season left. So it's kind of interesting from that standpoint.
1: Now, for people who probably don't follow the NBA closely or who don't know a ton about the Wizards, the seemingly huge successful Wizards team has kind of come out of nowhere did the team have the confidence to start the season? Did they know that they were going to be able to be one of the few teams with double-digit wins already, or was this something that they didn't even expect?
0: Uh, definitely the team did not even expect this. Uh, we were talking to Cantavius Caldwell Pope yesterday at Shootaround, and I kind of asked him, I said, you know, you guys are still saying, like, the defensive communication isn't where it needs to be. Are you surprised with how well this team has done? And he, he, he said yes and didn't really have an answer for why they've been kind of exceeding expectations. It was, it was funny. He said, you know, we're trying really hard. We have time to play. Like all of, all of these different reasons. Is really interesting. One theme that's definitely come out. These guys give Wes Unzel Jr. a lot of props for really clear defensive schemes. Everybody seems to know what they're doing and everybody puts an effort. So. For me, if a player can't quite put his finger on the reason why the team is doing so well, I, I kind of have to think, OK, you got to give some credit to the coach there. If the player can even figure out what's going so right, why are we doing this well? That's the, that's the coach putting guys in the position.
2: OK, so what would you say has been the biggest difference between Scott Brooks, you know, a coach that was coaching the Wizards for a little bit, and first-year head coach Wes Unsell, what would be the difference?
0: Oh, I think, well, (laughs) if you've seen one half of a quarter of whatever of Wizards basketball this year, the answer is defense, 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 defense. These guys who had not been able to play defense for the past five years, I want to say, even dating back to um, a couple of the end of Randy Whitman's tenure, really, have struggled mightily on the defensive end and kind of all of a sudden, you got three guys who came over from the Lakers who definitely know how to play defense. Spencer Dinwiddie, you can play defense. You've got a, a second-year forward, Denny Dia who's their pick in 2020, who's all of a sudden, out of nowhere, playing really good one-on-one defense. It's, it's among the best in the league. They're not allowing a t- team to take a ton of threes. They're get, giving up exactly the type of shots they want to give up. Um, it's They're living and dying with their defense. They're not playing that well on the offensive end. Uh, Bradley Beal is not the normal Bradley Beal we're used to seeing, and they're doing just fine. So defense all the way.
1: <laughs> speaking, speaking of Bradley Beal, he's someone who his name is constantly brought up in trade rumors and leaving Washington, and, and he said he wants to stay, and he's, he's made the case to say that he wants to stay. And with everything going on, the Wizards finding success now, and he's not dealing with Russell Westbrook. He's kind of the main star <laughs> in D.C. How, how happy has he been this season? He's looked markedly happier.
0: I mean, from from the time in preseason, I remember we were at the preseason game in Houston, which, by the way, you, you just never if you're, you know, D.C., Philly, you should only play teams in preseason that you can get to on Amtrak. I don't need to be going to Houston for preseason. Games. <laughs> um, but he was, he was joking around playing rock, paper, scissors with with folks in the crowd like he definitely looks and, and feels. And, and he said to me in interviews I've had with him a little bit lighter. He went through a really rough summer um, with having to not go to the Olympics with Team USA because he contracted the coronavirus and all of that. Mm. That was definitely weighing on him. He was dealing with some family stuff, but he seems really, really good with this Lizards team. He and Mantras Harrell have clicked right away. He and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, knew each other before Spencer arrived on the team. So he seems pretty happy. He seems pretty at peace with uh, where things are right now. And at 10 and 3, who wouldn't be?
2: So the new additions to the team, KCP, Coos. I like Coos. This is a very pro Coos <laughs> podcast. My okay. uh, Trez Harrell. and even Spencer Dinwiddie, like you mentioned, they've done wow. well with Bill so far. What do you What do you think the key for that has been?
0: I think that every every one of those guys kind of came in, and we asked them all what they were looking to to do in Washington. Every one of those guys, one had something to prove. You know, Trez felt like he wasn't used correctly Lakers last year, or hardly at all when he started collecting the at the end. Uh, Kuzma is kind of ready to, to prove he can be something other than, you know, the, the assistant, the, the secondary person to LeBron James. KCP was looking to be a more vocal leader. So those guys all had something to prove for sure and wanted to help DC get back to being something. But they also, everybody kind of knows and just talking to people organically, it'll come up. He'll be like, we know Bradley Beale is our leader. We know who the number one guy is. So there's not really a ton of ego in that Mm -hmm. (laughs) manner where it's like nobody is fighting to be the top dog nobody's fighting to be the alpha um the hierarchy feels very set. and you know so far as that like spencer even on his first day of media day said you know we know it's our job to make bradley beal's life easier uh and he was talking about himself both as a point guard and that's his job with everybody on the team but he was also talking about you know let's let's get bradley beal to sign this extension so Everybody came in with a very clear idea of what their role was, I think. And I think that makes such a big difference on a team like this.
1: Obviously, we haven't seen a ton of Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura. Those guys are supposed to come back at some point. What can we expect the Wizards team with them back to look like?
0: Yeah, Thomas Bryant is really interesting because they can always use another big. You know, they've got uh, Montress who's undersized, Daniel Gafford who's been really good for them and then kind of stretches here. But he's an interesting center. He's he's really tall and lengthy and, and really bouncy, but he doesn't have a ton of size to, like, go up against a guy like Joel Embiid With you know, should they need to deal with Philadelphia kind of later down the line. Um, so they're always happy to have another center. He's expected back from the ACL tear around December, January-ish. It'll be interesting to see how they work him in. Um, and then when Rui starts kind of playing competitive basketball again, he's still doing individual workout. I'm really, really interested in what that looks like because I don't know who leads the rotation at this point. They're playing nine guys Ooh. now with Brad out. So do you bump Kuz from the rotation? Gavis Bertans is also having no, a ankle no. sprains, you, you know, and he hasn't been to the rotation either. So do you take Getty Afia out of the rotation? Like, Wes sub junior really has a, a tough job ahead of him in terms of which guys are going to be getting minutes on this team. It's, it's, it's interesting. Death is one thing, but kind of an overload is another for sure.
2: Okay. Based on what you've seen so far from this Washington Wizards team, mm-hmm. what is your hottest take? For this Wizards team. It can be anything. It could be a trade. It could be an award. And someone may receive an award on this team or scoring title. Bradley Bill, whoever, you know. You sure how his take, you know, the Washington Wizards.
0: Who's gonna win this? Someone's gonna win the scoring title this year, averaging like 24 a game or something with how the how the, the going, yeah. I feel like. Nobody nobody's winning the scoring title from this team, I feel like, and they're honestly just fine with that. I honestly okay, I really feel like I don't have a hot take. This this team feels so I mean, I could say like, you know, Eastern Conference, the joke everyone's making is like Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs. Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, but like, this team is, is like, feels take prone because as much personality as they have, like, they're also kind of just like a group of, of dudes who know how to play basketball really well. Um, it would be, it would be funny if, if Trez picks up another six man of the year. That would, that would be maybe my take. He's so, DC would vote for him in a heartbeat. They have embraced this man. So much they love him. But uh, I, I feel like, you know, you going to get pretty far in the playoffs to get a six-man-of-the-year award. So we'll see what happens with that.
1: Well, we're excited to watch uh, the Wizards for the rest of the season. Ava, we yes. appreciate you coming on. Where uh, where can people find your work? Where can people find you on uh, social media?
0: I am on the death site of Twitter, Ava R. Wallace. i <laughs> at WashingtonPost.com. Black Sports, everything Wizards. We are really covering the Wizards this year. Feels weird to say, but we, we got it every game from there.
1: Well, yes. we appreciate you coming on, Ava. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, we appreciate Ava mm-hmm. coming on, talking with us. Mm. Had a lot of good things to say about the Wizards. I'm, yeah. I was interested. I was surprised to hear that they were surprised to be
2: this good at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the like the biggest takeaway from uh, talking with Ava was that you know they're kind of like they're kind of like on pins and needles or whether or not. They know yeah. they're a good team. They kind of want to just keep it humble, if you will, <laughs> like keep it simmer. They don't want to get off, you know, get too rocky and then start losing. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> smart. I, I, I like them. I like the approach, the mental approach of uh, we're bad, but we're somehow good right now. So let's keep thinking we're bad. So we're not going to get too ahead
2: of ourselves. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, we want to get too ahead of ourselves. You know, we're, we're still hungry, if you will. We're looking yeah. at it as if we're 3-10 and 10, as opposed to 10-3 and three leading the East. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So we appreciate her coming on. She can, uh, of course, she gave all out her social media where you can find her. And she's on the road, she's traveling, covering the team. So follow Mm -hmm. her for for everything, Washington Wizards.
2: Yep. She'll be uh, at the Charlottes game as they get ready to take on the Charlotte Hornets next to Washington Wizards. And I hope you enjoy that interview with Ava Wallace. We'll have many more throughout the season. As we continue and that's going to conclude this edition of points in the paint podcast presented by stadium. I am Zach Badger house. That was my main man, Ben Wittstein. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at points paint on Instagram as well. Facebook, Twitter. You can even catch our interviews and, See our beautiful faces (laughs) on YouTube. Follow Shams for all NBA news around the association. Catch Inside the Association with my man Cameron Smith. Oh, by the way, Speedy Recovery on Cam. I don't know if you saw that, but he went out to go play basketball this weekend. It didn't look too great. If you didn't see it, you might want to go check that out on Twitter right now. And also Shams and the crew every Thursday for Inside the Association on Stadium. Sharp Lessons. Ben Winstein, my main man, Nate Jacobson, for all your betting tips. And Tape Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all things football. And you will hear from us next week.